We're the legends of the stoop. We're here to advocate, educate, and inspire society. Coming at you live from the south side. Welcome back to Legends of the Stoop. I am your host, Mike Pernice. Today, my guest stopping by the stoop is none other than my brother, Larry, from Pittsburgh Central Catholic. How you doing, Larry? How's it going, guys? Uh, My name is Larry Sersosimo. I did attend... Central Catholic with Mike. And now I am on to college at John Carroll University studying finance and international business. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, Larry, thank you for stopping by Stoop again. Uh, you know, I'm very interested in to see uh, what you have going on here with Football for Hope and then also uh, what you've been doing with your quarantine time. Um, you know, hope you had a great holiday. And uh, yeah, let's get, let's get this kick started. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, so quarantine. No one liked it. I mean, <laughs> we're still going through it and hopefully it'll come to an end quite quite soon. Let's all let's all hope. But so quarantine, you know, my I play soccer at John Carroll. So a lot mm-hmm. of my coaches were like, you guys, you, you, you know, take this time, don't sit around, go even they were like uh, stressing, yo, go read a book go work out. And I was like, ah, dude, I don't want to do that. But I, I did take their advice. I started picking up books and started you know, looking for ways to better myself mm-hmm. because you know I had so much time on my hands and everyone else has so much time on their hands. And I thought it was a really good time to you know, take the time to improve. And I'll also obviously spend time with my family because that's, that's super rare anymore as we, right. as we grow order, older, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I took the initiative. I, I started football for hope based off of what I did in the past, mm-hmm. me and a couple of my buddies, when we were young, we, uh, we collected about 30 soccer cleats intending to take them to a vulnerable country that doesn't have too much, you know, these, these developing countries mm-hmm. and provided to the communities there. We never got to that. Obviously, we were 12 years old, but we had no plan of action or anything of that sort. So it was really, it was a good experience, though, and it got our, you know, entrepreneurial attitude uh, flowing. Right. But so around this time, no, it was okay. That was about March of last year, 2020, and I decided that I was going to learn how to make money. I was on that mode that so many of us are when we're super young, like 20s. And I really wanted to make you know, passive income and just become financially literate. Mm-hmm. And so I started reading and I got the Entrepreneurship Magazine. Okay. And I read this segment where this guy was like, you know, I really want to make money on my own, obviously. But all too often, these businesses and corporations don't take into account um, the well-being of others and those who are, you know, suffering more so than we are. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to allocate my time to create something that, um, you know, help those who are impoverished. And through that, I came up with the idea of obviously donating soccer cleats and soccer balls to these 
these countries where these children and these communities do not have much. Yeah. So. No, for sure. Uh, I mean, there's definitely, um, you know, I'm a big sports guy myself. I mean, you know, I played football down central and a little bit in college and, you know, there's something about sports that really just unites people and really brings them together. And, you know, the experience that I had at central, and I'm sure you can even speak upon this yourself with playing soccer is, you know, central is really like, a, it's like that melting pot idea of like America, you know, it's like central is that too you know what i mean like it's a very diverse high school in my opinion i mean you have kids coming from the inner city low income areas versus you know we have kids that are coming in from like Sewickley who are you know student you know that are sons of like you know very prominent people within like pittsburgh sports or entrepreneurship or anything like that and there was just like something about you know the sports that just like i feel like brought that camaraderie that brotherhood that's always talked about that really just like brought it to fruition and was just like a great example so it's like i see what you're doing with sports is this it's not only just a way to get people up and active right but it's also a way to bring them together and almost like bring this the world even closer together because it's like sports is like kind of like that unilateral like language definitely and you could see it like you know there's big clubs and big teams i'll stick with soccer as an example and I actually went to Spain and went to a game in Barcelona. Ooh. And because I wore that jersey, I mean, they took me in like I was one of their own, like I was a homegrown Spaniard. So yeah. it's, it is really cool to see what, um, what a sport can do for a community and an individual. Yeah. So. And then with soccer too, I mean, it's definitely a lot easier, uh, I guess, to mobilize uh, a sport like that versus like something like football where, there's like so much more equipment that needs, you know, brought in, you know, from like helmets, pads, you know, cleats and everything. But with soccer, it's like, if you got a ball in a net, it's pretty much all you really all need you to need. get started, you know? <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. The, the joy of that a soccer ball can bring is, is truly incredible from what I've seen from other organizations that have done something similar as us. Mm -hmm. So now have you uh, done like any mission trips or anything? yet or is that um, something that's like further down the line once you guys complete that process like you were saying you were um, filing for the 501c is that like something that's later on down the line yeah so we have been in talks because we needed uh, we need to partner with other organizations so they can really show us the communities that they work with because they're on the ground you know working with these kids in these communities day in and day out so they really wanted to take our what we have to offer and we can apply it to those communities. So right now we are partnered with, they're called Friends of Puerto Rico. Okay. And so this is our first, this will be our first trip and it's planned for May of 2021. Okay. And nice. um, so, yeah, they are uh, located in Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. And I reached out to them. I shot probably, 30 emails around the world to different organizations looking to see if they'd be interested in what I was telling them, even though I had nothing, I didn't really have a plan at the time, right. but it was my first step of action and they responded and they were, they, they were elated at the idea. You know, these, they see these kids, these, these children are working in the streets with their parents. They don't have much of a childhood because 
they they're in absolute poverty not all of them but most of them right they lack proper shelter food and water access to proper education and it's it's really tough so we want to just bring our bring ourselves more so than the the cleats and the balls and we want to be able to provide them with uh, life-changing information hopefully yeah and i'm sure like too it's even more devastated in puerto rico ever since that hurricane happened um so like what you're doing is definitely admirable especially during this time and you know hopefully by may we'll be able to travel and you'll be able to you know success successfully go on this mission trip and invoke the change that you wish um you know other um speaking on part of like partnering with people what was that process like just like reaching out to people um when you barely like you said like almost like didn't really have the full plan set for yourself um what was that process like just like sending out those emails getting in contact with people and then eventually getting that partnership uh with the puerto rican i i definitely just wanted to get on the phone with them mm-hmm. so i i reached out to them and i got three responses out of probably 30 people that i reached out to and this really nice lady her name's olga we're still in contact with her every week or so um she contacted me and i gave my quote unquote pitch mm-hmm. and she really liked it she thinks it could be really effective in the community that she works with so from there we just we're staying in contact. There is a lot of uncertainty with the the government and what they will allow um, from travelers and even then. So the grouping of people, we might not be able to get the group that we would like, but we'll make it work. We're not too worried about it. I think by then we'll be, we'll be fairly smooth sailing. Yeah. So So what is the, I guess, like, what's the total, like, what's the whole plan uh, for this, like, Puerto Rican mission trip? Is it just to go down, you know, hand out some cleats, some balls, and, like, kick around the soccer ball a little bit? Or is there more to that? So, Mike, it's funny you ask that, because initially, I didn't have much sight into what what mission I actually wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'll go donate soccer cleats with my, you know, my group of people that my team and we'll hand out soccer ball and soccer cleats and that'll kind of be the end of it Mm -hmm. but we really built off um, that notion and we want to be more than a donation organization we really want to empower these adolescents because they are the future of our world as you know as cliche as that sounds they are the future Mm -hmm. and they lack proper development and you know these adolescents they they don't have a lot so they only know what they have been seeing their whole lives and that's it's not always the best situation that they're put in so we're there to you know hopefully provide some some guidance on that okay nice um now you talked about how there's six of you as of right now um, who are those six people? What are their, like, what are their dreams and aspirations like for this? Um, and then, you know, have they been with you since like the beginning or are these like people you've added into the process as you like needed, like, you know, some specialization and like, let's just say, I don't know, digital marketing or, you know, 
building and maintaining relationships? You know, how are these people, um, what is their, what is their role right now within the foundation? Um, and how do you see that moving forward? Yeah. So initially I reached out to one of my, my friends from home, you know, I have college friends and then the friends from home mm -hmm. and his name's Nolan Hutter. And I told him what I was doing. You know, I was posting stuff on our Instagram, which has, I mean, it, not a lot of followers. Again, we're fairly new. Mm -hmm. And he called me one day and he's like, dude, I want in. I was like, what do you mean? He said, I really want to be a part of this. I think what you're doing is really, really something powerful and we could impact a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. so I was like, all right. Like, and then he, obviously I wanted some proof that he was going to contribute a lot. And he did. He, uh, I mean, right now we're raising monetary donations and um, cleats and soccer balls. So he's really contributing to that. And he's, he's the secondhand guy in this process, which okay. he's really passionate about soccer. All, all, we're all soccer players. Okay. So he's really passionate. And it was, it was nice to have someone I, I could go to and talk to because I'm kind of, I was kind of going in it blind, but it's nice to have someone to go through it with. And then, so my girlfriend, her name's Kennedy. She's also a soccer player, as you could imagine. And so she really wanted to be a part of it too. We really want to, you know, help impact the world. And this was just another way we could do that. Right. And so she brought on two of her friends from school here. And so, again, we don't really have any set, set uh, roles per se. But we're just trying to get everything situated as of now due to the uncertainty. Right. And then the final final person on our team, his name is Connor, and he's on my team up here at school. And he he has mission trip experience involved with doing something similar to what we're doing. So he was a really good addition to our team as well. Awesome. So they're all like relatively our age then. So this is just yeah. like, a, it's a group of people within like, you know, 20, like 22, it sounds like. Um, yeah, that are, 20 and 21 year olds. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, what have you seen, I guess, then, um, since like you are like leading people, you know, your age, um, what have you noticed, I guess, within yourself that you've had to either polish up on, improve on, or just like even learn, I guess, to one, not only just, you know, be a better version of yourself and to move this foundation into where you want it to be, but then to also motivate the people around you and make sure that they're doing the things that, that they need to do, not only to benefit themselves, but then to benefit the foundations too. Not only in life and in business, but I found that communication is essential. You know, it's being responsive, whether that's to people donating or just trying to get the team together to have a meeting. It's just being on time, being respectful to their time. And it is it is tough trying to get trying to motivate five others, but they're mature enough where they found it in themselves to be able to understand the mission. And, you know, they're all driven as well. So it's it's really fun to see what our team can do in the in the near future yeah so then uh you just mentioned a, a keyword their mission so what would you say your mission statement is 
um, at this point in time? And has it changed over time? It has changed through time. Like I said before, we really just wanted to, you know, go down there with soccer ball and soccer cleats and give them to the, to the children so they can have a sense of ownership and pride, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully put a smile on their face um, in their times of darkness. And we still plan to do that, but our mission has, it's tailored a bit different now. We really want to enable adolescents to overcome poverty, illiteracy, and whatever else they're undergoing mm -hmm. um, in their lives. So through different activities and through the commonality of soccer, um, we're hopefully able to enable them to overcome some of these things that they find in their lives. Yeah, for sure. Now, how often, um, so you said your first mission trip is going to be this upcoming May. Um, how important are mission trips to what you're doing? Um, are they pretty much gonna be like the focus of the, the operation? Um, or is there another component that you're working to establish that is pretty much gonna be, I'm just like trying to figure out what's the focal operation point for your foundation? So the focal point of our operation is definitely to get our team in those communities. Okay. We want to be interacting with these these children and because not only are we giving them something, they will eventually grow out of the soccer cleats. So we want to be able to provide them with knowledge and information that they can beat the beat the generational poverty that they find themselves in and hopefully provide a better life for them and their future families. So what is that knowledge and information uh, that you have been referencing to? What is that specifically? Is that like you're using, I don't know, like you're having them play soccer in terms of like, you know, working on like building communication, teamwork, like are we talking like virtue building here? Or are we talking about like actual information, like, you know, facts and opinions and stuff like that? Yeah, Mike, so children the age range is roughly eight to 14 so they're not going to be as responsive to like facts about their situations so we really just want to build their self-esteem which okay. children in those positions lack severely and as well as just empower them and more specifically after talking to some of these uh ceos and founders in the different foundations and organizations they really stress that young girls in these uh, in these developing areas mm -hmm. are like second class citizens and they do not have nearly as many opportunities to succeed in life and just to grow as an individual. So right. um, that was the importance of having, you know, half girls, half boys on our team because my girlfriend, she is going to lead um, an activity to empower these young women when we, you know, travel to these different communities, because that is definitely, that's one of our main focal points. Okay. That's awesome. Man. That's really awesome. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's great to see that it's a bunch of young individuals that are getting together, you know, realizing that there's a need for this in the world and, you know, that are, aren't afraid to go ahead and dive into this, like, complex process. Like how we were saying, you know, amidst the pandemic, you're trying to form a 501c while also, you know, finishing up college. Like, it's a mass undertaking. 
um, if you could go ahead and just explain, I guess, a little bit about um, the foundation from, you know, this idea to, you know, filing as a 501c, how we kind of got there and then what that process has been like along the way. Yeah, so it all started with a brief rundown. Um, I had the idea. It wasn't really good at all, but I gave a name to it. I put a name to it and then I made a website. Okay, so everything was kind of moving sort of, it was within the same like two days, but everything was moving fast and I put it out to the public to see. So it put some pressure on me to actually get this thing kind of moving on its feet. So right. that pressure really helped uh, move it forward. Um, and then as far as acquiring donations, it is really important to be a recognized organization. So. Right. applying for that 501c3 it's definitely a tough process especially being so young because when you're calling people and asking questions they hear it in your voice that you're fairly young mm -hmm. and so they might not take you as serious but once they hear how passionate you are for this mission and the vision that you have for an organization as such um, they really take you seriously so it's it's nice as far as that goes yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like something I like noticed too. Um, cause I've, I started this like back in last November. So we've been operating for a little over a year, but it wasn't until, uh, I believe it was like June or July is when I filed for the LLC. And the, the reason I had to do it was for the same reason was I had, um, I had put on this virtual benefit. I was going to be accepting donations um, for the four for these four nonprofit charities here in Pittsburgh that I partnered with, um, along with two corporate sponsors. And you know, I needed I needed to show that I was a, an official business, you know, before I could do this. And I remember I'm, I'm sitting in like PNC Bank and I'm like setting up <laughs> my uh, business account, and the person's just like, you know, like how old are you? And I'm like, I'm, I'm 21, like, you know, and they're like, well, don't you think this is a little risky? Like you're 21 and like, you're opening up a business like during the pandemic and like all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's risky. Yeah. I can fall flat on my face tomorrow for sure. But I said, but I got the drive. I got the passion. I got the, this, like this dream behind me. And it's like, you know, as long as I stay, as long as I can keep my fire ignited, um, you know, I feel like I can make it. And the person was just like, well, okay, well, you know, best of luck to you. You know, and I'm just sitting there like, you know, I feel like you wouldn't have said this stuff to me if I was this young. Like if I was like a, you know, a 40 year old dude that came in, same situation, probably be like no questions asked, but because of my age, you're, you know, like trying, I guess, not trying to prevent me from going to it, but like question myself, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the stigma that our society has created. Like corporate America is run by dudes with gray hair, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> so when they see us, it's definitely a, a curveball. But I think once they hear what we have to say and are open-minded, then that's where we really can make a difference. Yeah, so. I've definitely also have seen this trend of, people within our generation of like wanting to take ownership of their life not wanting that nine to five corporate america type job but they want to do their own thing um you know 
what have you seen in regards to that that is i guess like not only like helped you like be like okay yes i'm doing the right things right like i'm on track but where have you like kind of drawn some inspiration from along the way to stay motivated and to keep your dream alive so like you said the nine to five is definitely not ideal from uh from my standpoint because I mean, I, as of now, I don't want to work for anyone, but it is nice to have that education to fall upon mm -hmm. if my plan doesn't go as I would like. Um, but yeah, you see a lot today in society that people are trying to do their own thing because there's so many opportunities to do so. Right. Uh, I mean, you were talking before real estate is super, um, it's, it's the best time to buy a house right now. Right. I mean, interest rates are at all time low. So if you could get into, again, it just comes down to being financially literate. The stock market is at all time highs. I mean, there's so many ways to make money through, you know, Amazon, drop shipping, e-commerce, all that stuff. So right. people, people see it on these social media websites of everyone else making it. So they think, uh, why not me? Yeah. But it takes way more than that. So <laughs> for sure. What if, uh, so in terms of, I guess, like moving um, and like progressing your business model, um, what have you like identified as like the key areas in which you really need to make sure you're sound in um, to, to not only build that like solid foundation, but then to be able to take and expand? Um, what are the key areas? Money. I mean, it, it it typically all reverts back to money. Cause if you have money, you can really, I mean, you can expand and then you don't have to pay as much attention to marketing and trying to get people to trust you with your money or their money, because that's tough. People, people don't necessarily want to write a check to someone that they don't really know. Or again, we're not a certified nonprofit. So when we get that tag or that, um, certification it'll be really i think we'll be well off from there yeah and then what is um what is the next like thing like after this mission trip is it are you going to be planning for another one is it going to be focusing on like more at like a domestic approach like trying to get some like um bits on the ground i guess like here within the united states in some low-income neighborhoods such as like the hill district within pittsburgh yeah um or is this more of just focusing outside of the country i've always had an interest in you know travel and international and different cultures mm -hmm. so i really have come to find through like reading and talking to people again um that poverty in these other countries i hate to even word it like this but it's it's tougher it's i mean they don't have the the healthcare systems or the capital flow that america has so i think it's really comes down to relative poverty mm -hmm. um so i i really like working with different cultures and different people in different communities so i think we'll stay international pending the amount of money we can fund because it is not cheap by right. any means uh, to move equipment and even to fly some of these places. But 
Um, I mean, we'll figure it out. I think getting this mission trip under our belt will be extremely important to really see what we're working with. Because again, we're, we're sort of going in blind. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that people listening, I'm sorry, but we are going in blind. We will figure it out. Um, so yeah, man, we're just gonna see what, see what we can do. Yeah. I mean, well, like you said earlier, it's all about adaptability. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're able to adapt, you know, you're able to stay alive and you're able to keep providing. And, um, you know, like I said, that's like kind of been where COVID has taken me too. is, you know, I had um, before the virtual benefit, it was actually supposed to be a street, a block party down in Southside on South 16th Street, where uh, the stoop was originally founded. <laughs> um, you know, we were supposed to block off the street. I had um, a temporary stage being built. I had um, musical lineups. I had, um, you know, some pop-up shops that were going to reserve spaces. And it was going to be a whole, you know, shebang. Um, but then, unfortunately, you know, with COVID, none of this can happen. And then within three weeks, I had to find, I had to figure out a way to pivot. And I put on a, a virtual production that I had no idea how to do whatsoever. <laughs> the week leading up to it, I was at my videographer's house. Probably we were with each other, probably 14, 16 hours a day, just like trying to take all these sets that were supposed to be in person that we then had them record and we're trying to clip everything together, put transitions in and all this like mass chaos. And then the day we go to shoot, it wouldn't appear on our uh, live stream with YouTube. There was some like oh, tech, wow. there was some like tech <laughs> things going on. And I had like three different cameras set up at uh, throughout different locations uh, at the stoop because I had um, two of my good friends, um, Ooh Baby, who's a fashion designer here in Pittsburgh, and then my landlord Jeff who's also uh, a street painter they were in my living room like they had like can't they brought like canvases and stuff and they were supposed to do a live like painting throughout the whole course of the show so I had like a camera set up on them I had a camera set up in like my bedroom like where I was going to be like hosting the show from and then everything crashed I had to have my videographer go home like to his place broadcast the the whole like virtual part from the show like at his house while I'm like and then like pause it when I'm going to like put on like the painter it was just a mess like wow. I, was, I felt like I was like you know like CBS or NBC like trying to cover a Super Bowl like for the first time and like just don't have any of the equipment <laughs> no guys yeah. that know how to do it yeah it was a fiasco but you know at the end of the day we ended up putting something on um we ended up putting the whole show on and you know we raised over 500 dollars for the first benefit which was like succeeded my expectations i was like just like hoping to get one donation <laughs> of like one dollar yeah. to make sure you know that it was like liable to do but you know it's it's definitely like you said just adaptability being able to pivot being able to also just still follow through with your commitments I think that's the biggest thing that I've like learned along the way. Absolutely. And I think telling, I mean, what has worked for me is not, not, not gloating by any means, but telling mm-hmm. people your goals and then they, whether they say, Hey, you're not working on it. What are you doing? It keeps you accountable because right. you don't want to, you don't want to fail now because it, it will reflect on you. Right. But 
I mean, yeah, man, just find a way. That's every entrepreneur idea is just make it happen. Find a way. That's that's the name of the game. Yeah. Now, besides um, your foundation, um, what else have you, I guess, like what are, what are your other goals and aspirations as like you move towards the end of your academic career? Um, you know, hopefully, like you said, that this thing happens and this is where, like, where you can put your life's work into. But what other, obviously, I mean, you seem like a very smart guy in terms of knowing not to put all your eggs in one basket or create one revenue stream. What are some other ways um, that you're like looking to like diversify your income? My buddy just called me yesterday, really excited. And he, I've looked into it in the past or over the summer, but I think I'm really going to try to get into uh, real estate. Okay. More specifically wholesaling, which is definitely Mm. not an easy task, but I'm really going to dedicate some time to try to learn the ropes and create that real estate network. And hopefully I can do this all before I graduate because again, I really do not want to work at a desk my whole life, but I mean, once I graduate, that's not the end all be all by any means, but I'll definitely want to get into corporate America and start making some money to hopefully fund my side hustles. So I don't know what I want to do in the near future, but I'm going to try a couple of different things. And Hey, if I fall on my face, so be it, I'll get up and try another thing. Right. Yeah. That's a great mentality to have man, for sure. Yeah. Cause we're, we're young enough where we can make mistakes. I mean, yep. if we lose money, it's not affecting of our children or our wife, our future family. So look, we're young enough. Let's make some mistakes. Let's see if something can work out. And if it does awesome, but I do want to doing so I do want to continue helping others. So that, that is a staple is, yeah. Um, trying to improve others' lives in doing so. Nice, man. Um, you know, it's it's been like a very hard hit year. And I think, you know, what we've seen just in terms of like where we are sitting right now in, in our nation is just like we're so divided and people, I feel like, just don't really care as much about the person next to them anymore. You know, it's like, I feel like people are becoming, it's becoming harder for other people to like put their, other people's shoes on and see through other perspectives um so it's like it's nice to see that you know there's still people out there they're like hey listen you know we have it good here these people they're suffering they need you know the attention they need the resources you know we need to lift people up we need to still do that We're, our job's not done you know humanity's a far cry away from you know the 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 utopia that i guess that we're all some sort of way chasing um but yeah so what, what's like um what's what's your in regards to in regards to that like what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts what i've like analyzed and come to know society is super profit driven mm-hmm. and like you said we we have lost a sense of like reaching out to our neighbors and like helping others and we we are so stimulated in everyday life that we only see and care what's in front of us mm-hmm. and what's in our you know communities or our little bubbles 
But seeing past that, we have so many excess resources that we have to help others. I mean, humanity is suffering and we have it really good. I mean, America, it, it, we do have it good, whether we are super divided, but as far as financials go, because money doesn't bring happiness, but the absence of money brings unhappiness is what I've, I thought that was a really cool quote that I yeah. read. So um, I, I, I just don't see America being super happy personally. Yeah, And um, these people with less stuff are happy, but they do struggle. And this suffering will, will affect them for generations to come. Yeah. So. You know, that's the one thing I remember about like our time, the, the time at Central was it seemed like, you know, and like, to be honest, like a little bit, I remember just like being a little annoyed because it seemed like every month, like, there was like, you know, the campus ministry guys are coming around like asking for money or asking, you know, for something like something like the canned soup drive or something. And it was like, you know, at some point in my career there, I was just like, damn, like, fuck, like, <laughs> how much can I give? And then, you know, towards like the end of my senior year, it, like it really started clicking. It was like, you know, I have it good, man. Like I have it really good and I need to give to the less fortunate and I need to help them any way possible. And I feel like, you know, we're seeing a lot of people who I've even graduated with and then in the classes below us or even above us, it seems like there's more people like us who are like taking the initiative to like not only start our own business and which is like a fad, I guess, within our generation, but taking in those businesses that they're starting are like revolving around helping others in some sort of manner. Yeah, we, we do have so much. I mean, I've never struggled a day in my life. I'll be the first to admit that. But it's tough to see other people with so much less and, you know, that are struggling day in and day out to meet ends meet. So I think the least that we can do is, you know, give them what we can. And look, they suffer every day. But if we give them stuff, something like say money, which doesn't, doesn't fix the situation by any means, and it causes a bit of suffering on us, so be it. Go work an extra two hours, you're still going to be sleeping in a nice warm <laughs> bed. But right. I mean, anything can help these, these people that have less than we do. So sure. Well, Larry, I thank you uh, so much for stopping by the stoop today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know more about um, Football for Hope and the direction in which you guys are willing to take this. You know, like you stated before, it's not so much about giving uh, these kids like the, the soccer cleats and the balls, right, the equipment, but it's more about what that equipment can help do and what you guys as a group can help do in terms of inspiring encouraging and offering you know valuable life skills and information that will like you said after the cleat after they grow the cleats or after the balls get ruined or stuff and they still have something there to hold on to and something there to aspire to um it's really great man i really appreciate it thanks mike it was yeah it's hopefully it'll be something um that can improve the world and make people smile. That's our main goal is to see a smile on their faces. But well, 
I hope to see plenty of smiles and pictures and videos and stuff from your mission Definitely, trip to man. Puerto Rico. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully everything goes well. Um, you know, if there's any way that I can be of help or service, uh, please let me know. I'm always, uh, you know, trying to help as much as I can as well with the platform that I have and the services that I offer. So if there's anything you need from me, uh, just know that I'm here for you. Awesome, man. I really appreciate that. And I'm excited to see who else you bring on the show. It's, it's really good what you have going on here. I so appreciate it, man. Well, we'll stay in ahead. touch. For sure. For sure. Well, why don't you go ahead and give yourself a shout out, give football for hope a shout out. That way people know where to find you, the foundation, stay up to date, uh, all that good stuff. So we do have an Instagram account. Um, I don't really keep much on the Twitter account. So our, you can find us on Instagram at football for hope, F-U-T-B-O-L for hope. Um, and we do have a website. Um, I don't know if you could post the link on the. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cause my Google search optimization thing isn't super high right now. <laughs> so you do have to type in the full uh, domain name to find us, but you'll find more information there. And it's again, with your guys's help, it, it can truly be something special. And we, we thank you here at football for hope. So Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you, Larry. Have a good one, man. You too. All right. This is Mike Pernice signing off from the stoop. Um, make sure to tune into our website at www.legendsofthestoop.com to check out more episodes and our services. And don't forget to use the promo code Stoop Legends for your discount on all CBD products brought to you by Follow the Trees, Ride the Vibe. We We're the legends, legends of the stoop. stoop. We're here to advocate, stoop. educate, and inspire society. Stoop. Coming at you live from the south side. Make sure to tune into our website at www.legendsofthestoop.com. Use the hashtag on all social platforms. Stoop. Hashtag stupid <laughs> legends. We the legends of the stoop. Coming at you live. Right here in Southside. www.legendsofthestoop.com.